Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 11 to 1, Monday Motivation. Motivation. How mentally tough are you? When do you give up? When things get a bit uncomfortable or when you hit your limit? Mental toughness is a critical ingredient in success, but how can you achieve this? How can you maximise your potential? My next guest has been working with elite level athletes and sports people, including gold medalists, world record holders, Olympians, championship winning teams for many years, helping them achieve mental toughness so that they can perform their best. He's a world renowned sports psychology consultant and performance coach, and he has applied many of the lessons he's learned with elite athletes and top sports coaches to help other people and organisations maximise their performance. I'm delighted that Simon Hartley is here to impart some of these lessons to us for Monday Motivation. How are we doing, Simon? Very well, thank you. Listen, it's great to have you. First of all, tell us a little bit about what you do because you've been working for many, many years with some of the world's best athletes and sports stars. Tell us exactly what you do. Yeah, um, I often describe it as helping people to get their mental game right. You know, all that stuff that goes on between your ears. And sometimes our head works for us. Sometimes it works against us. And I try and help people to think well and feel right so that they can perform at their best. And it did start originally just with athletes and sports teams. But more recently, I kind of I learned that sports psychology is a little bit of a misnomer. The truth is it's human psychology and it applies to everybody. You know, it's the same stuff, whether we happen to be an athlete or a teacher or a surgeon or whatever. Um, the, the kind of dynamics that go on between our head are largely the same. Yes, I can totally agree with that. And in some of the stuff that I've read up on, you know, you can you can see that, you know, it can be applied to, to everyday situations like you're saying. Um, would you agree that these people say uh, can physically train and prepare their bodies for whatever event that they are competing in, but they also have to train the mind to win as well, that this is equally as important? Absolutely. And there are, I mean, I've come across loads and loads of athletes over the years who have been incredibly talented. They've been physically capable, but actually it was their headspace that was getting in the way. Um, And lots of athletes never got anywhere close to their potential because it was their mental game that they were missing. Equally, there were a lot that were not as talented. You know, they didn't find it as easy. It didn't come to them as naturally. Um, They probably weren't as physically capable as the others. But because they could get their headspace right, they could perform at their best when it mattered. And, you know, is visualisation a large part of it? Like, you know, visualising winning the race or the match or the tournament, like kind of playing the game in your head first and then actually doing it? Yeah, it can help. I mean, I I tend to call it imagery because um, it's about imagining and it's it's more than just picturing. It's about having a complete multi-sensory experience and it's, it's definitely more than just visualising the outcome that you want. As you said, 
kind of playing the game in advance is the real benefit that you get from imagery. Um, you can put yourself in situations and, you know, everyday people can do this in their lives, not just in sport. Um, if you were walking into a meeting or you were giving a presentation or whatever, you can actually start to put yourself in that situation. What would I do if dot, dot, dot? What would I do if somebody asked me X or Y or Z? And, and actually start to play the game before you get there. Um, and by doing that, actually what it helps us to do is to think less in the moment and just do which yeah. is an enormously important thing in sport, but it's also pretty critical in life. I love that. Just do it. Just go for it. Absolutely. And, and you know, you've, we're talking about the mind, you know, that our minds can be our worst enemies an awful lot of the time. You know, that little voice that says, oh, no, you can't. Now you can't. Give that up. That's not going to work. You know, that's something that we all experience. How can we change I can't to I can, Simon? Yeah, it's a big question. Um, there are a couple of elements to this. I mean, First of all, just to realise that it, it is our own voice in our head. Um, and actually, we can start to take control over that voice in our head because it's ours um, is, is a first step. But honestly, true confidence comes from evidence. So, you know, if, if we said to everybody, right, OK, we're going to go and walk up Mount Everest. A lot of people would say, "Ah, oh, I don't think I can do that because they've never done anything like it before. But if we build the evidence, you know, if we climbed up a couple of hills and then started on some uh, some smaller mountains and then we learned how to rock climb and we learned how to uh, to operate at high altitudes, we would start to build up a bank of evidence that tells us, actually, maybe we can do this. And it's it's by continually stepping into what I call our discomfort zone, really stretching ourselves, pushing ourselves, that we build up the evidence that says, actually, you know, maybe I can do the stuff I've never done before. What if I was to just give it a try? Maybe this could be possible. And it, we're not absolutely convinced that we'll be successful, but we do put ourselves in a position where we believe we can take on the challenge. And the more evidence that we build up, the more we also start to really truly believe that we can do this. Um, and the, the ultimate expression of confidence, in my view, is to be able to say, I know I can do this. And to get there, we usually have to go through a, a few gateways. So we have to go from hoping that we could do it or not even hoping we could do it to maybe thinking we might or being confident that we could and believing that we could to ultimately knowing. Um, and that comes when we build the evidence. And the key with this, you know, as you've as you've mentioned, you know, and it's something that I said at the start of the show as well, is to just actually start, just do it, just go for it, get it down on a page, what your goal is and, and kind of work from there. Now, you've written seven books, uh, the mo- fascinating different subjects as well. The most recent being on how you can master your mental toughness. Tell me about the book and what you hope people might learn from it. Yeah, sure. The, uh, the book came about because uh, I've been working with lots of organisations who recognised that mental toughness was really important, but they didn't really know how to get it. Um, and one of those, uh, they were a sporting team, a soccer team in the US. And they said to me, you know, how do we do this? How do we actually help our players and in, and in some cases the coaches to build mental toughness? And over the years, I mean, I've worked in lots of environments, some sporting, some non-sporting, and I've always been really interested to understand uh, what differentiates the world-class performers? I've spent lots of time with world-class performers in vastly different fields. And when they describe how they develop mental toughness, they use pretty much the same words. I mean, I heard literally the same phrases from uh, special forces operatives, um, a Michelin star chef, a world-leading mountaineer. 
And I started to understand they used the same process to develop mental toughness. So I started to sort of boil it down into a series of steps that people could, um, you know, work through. Mm. And that's really what the book Master Mental Toughness is all about, this, this five-step process. Fantastic. And, you know, an awful lot of the things that you talk about and, and I know you've, you've experienced this yourself, obviously, is about failure. You know, you 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 say, uh, you know, I failed that. I can't put myself through that. But time and time and again, the most successful people in the world have failed countless times before succeeding. In, what are the steps that you take to kind of rebuild after a failure? Yeah, one of the critical steps is to understand that the failure is valuable. Um, and to differentiate failing from failure, uh, they are very different. I mean, they sound the same and lots of people confuse them. Failing is what happens when we try something and it doesn't work. Failure is how we see ourselves. So it's actually connected with our identity because we don't say the words, I am a failing. Mm. We say, I am a failure. So what we're doing is we're kind of saying, because it didn't work, I see myself as a failure. And that's the bit that becomes a problem for people, not the actual act of failing in itself. So just differentiating those two is a really important step. But then when we can start to realise that every time we make a mistake, we fail, it's a valuable experience. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get better. Then we start to really embrace taking on those opportunities. I think it's it, it's also important to have a foundation and confidence is a key part of that foundation. You know, the confidence to be able to say, I don't need this to work because it, it's not a validation of me. It's just it's just an attempt at something. So I don't need it to work. I'm not that bothered if it doesn't. Um, I'm not worried about looking stupid or anything like that. I'm pretty confident in my own skin. So I'm just going to go and give it a go. And whatever happens, I'm just going to learn as much as I can from it. Um, so being able to put yourself into that position, into that sort of mental space, I think is critical. Oh, it really is. And you're taking kind of back that kind of power to yourself as well. Now, you personally experienced hardship in your own life. At one point, you were looking at savings dwindling. You know, this was prior to building up the business that you have now. How did you feel? Because there's nothing more anxiety inducing, Simon, than seeing money disappear. Uh, that's true. And at that point in my life, I also had uh, two young daughters. Um, I think my eldest was about three and uh, my youngest was about one. And yeah, we were staring at literally our last 10 pounds in the world. And I was wondering how on earth I was going to feed those two little girls next door. You know, and, and we were in a house that we couldn't afford. And, you know, the, the business was really struggling at that point. It was sort of in the teeth of the last recession that we had. And uh, and a young business in the teeth of a recession is a pretty fragile entity. Mm. So, yeah, it was a huge challenge at the time. And it does make you kind of uh, look look hard in the mirror sometimes. Um, I had to come face to face with that, that prospect of failing. I can remember actually phoning my mum and saying, I failed. You know, I, I, I'm not providing for my family. Mm. You know, I felt like a failure as a husband and a failure as a dad. Um, so, so yeah, you kind of have to take a look at yourself at that point and, and start to realise what's kind of really important. Um, one of the things my wife said to me, she said, you know, are you, are you actually following your passion here or are you chasing the dollar? And I kind of went, ah, good question. And one of the most important and, and valuable lessons I learned during that period is that I probably was chasing the dollar. Um, and, and when I go back to doing what I do really well and following my passion and, uh, and, and just giving as much value as I can, everything else starts to follow. So that was a, a huge lesson. The other one that I learned, which has been really powerful, 
is that um, if you want to know how to turn things around, um, the answer usually is one step at a time. You know, I learned that the, the route out of being in debt is you climb out one pound at a time. Mm. If your life's in a, in a place that you don't want it to be, you're not going to leap out of that situation. But you can take a step in the right direction, followed by another step, followed by a step after that. And if you keep going, you will start to turn the tide. And is it a bait as well, celebrating those little wins as well? You know, when you get to the next step, go, oh, you know, kind of congratulate yourself a little bit. Go, OK, I've gone. I've gotten that amount of debt, say, cleared off or I've achieved that thing to get to my next. Is it about celebrating yourself and your personal achievements, too? Oh, completely. And, do you know, that feeling of progress is so motivational. Um, it's difficult sometimes, I think, because, you know, people have got a destination in mind. And they'll only feel like they've made progress when they reach that destination. They won't realise that they're getting closer to it. And I think that is critical. I mean, reflecting back on my experience in Olympic sports, if you were a really, truly elite athlete, um, and, you know, I work with swimmers who swam, uh, for example, a 100 metre race and, and 60 seconds was a good sort of a, a good time, a world class yeah. time um, all those years ago. If you want to take a whole second off your performance, that's a huge, huge chunk. So if you wait until you get a whole second, you might be waiting 18 months, a year or, or two years. So you've got to start looking at it a little bit more sort of in granular detail. Have we taken a tenth of a second off or a hundredth of a second or even sometimes a thousandth of a second off? And and when you start understanding that actually, yes, you have taken a thousandth of a second or hundredth of a second off, that represents progress. Um, and, and often it's difficult in our own lives because I, I sort of equate it to watching the kids growing up. Yes. You never you never notice your own kids growing up and you don't usually notice the small changes that you're making day on day. But somebody else who hasn't seen you for six months or a year walks in and kind of goes, wow, blimey, look at the changes that you've made and look at where you were this time last year. And then all of a sudden it kind of dawns on you. Um, so if we can tap into that and start recognising the progress we're making, it has a huge, huge impact. It's a, it's a very powerful, positive impact. Yeah, I think it's what an awful lot of people would like to hear, Simon. It's been very encouraging actually hear that, you know, to celebrate this progress and don't be thinking because you're not at the finish line yet that you're not getting there, you know, and, and to really give yourself a clap at the back, I suppose, as you go mm. through things. So, Simon, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given that's kind of stuck with you? Uh, believe it or not, it's take your own advice um, because we are superb at coaching, advising, suggesting things to other people. And actually, if we just listened to that and did what we were suggesting to other people, we would all be brilliant. If we all just took our own advice, we would all be brilliant. I love that. I really do. Now, you're going to be coming to, uh, well, you're virtually coming to uh, Dundalk because Dundalk Chamber of Commerce uh, are very much hosting a webinar with you. It's called World Class Mindset, uh, a conversation on how to stay focused, mo confident and motivated. Tell us a little bit about what people can expect from this. This is happening on the 31st of March. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I've delivered a couple of webinars already with them and, uh, and they've been brilliant. I mean, the audience have been absolutely fantastic as well. We have so many great questions and so much fantastic thinking. And um, this particular session on world class mindset is looking at how you can consistently be focused, confident and motivated because that's the foundation of a great mental game. It, you know, if we want all the other lovely things that come with it and mental toughness is one of them, we need to build a strong foundation. So being consistently focused, confident and motivated is that foundation. 
And for lots of people, they're not really in control of their focus or their confidence or their motivation. Um, Often their motivation is dictated by stuff that happens around them. For example, if they get a good result, they're more motivated. If they don't get quite as good a result, they're less motivated. And, And the problem often is that our results are not under our control. So therefore, our motivation isn't either. Uh, it's the same with confidence. You know, if our confidence depends on, if you're a salesperson, for example, if your confidence depended on getting the sale or not, mm. it's not truly under your control because the customer is going to decide whether they buy or not. So you kind of hand over the remote control to the customer and you say, yeah, well, you decide if I'm confident or if I can be confident. It's the same if you were playing sports and the referee makes a decision and you lose the game. You know, if your confidence hinges on winning or losing, your confidence is going to take a nosedive. And, and therefore, you handed the remote control to the ref. Uh, same if your confidence depends on what other people say, you know, what they think, what they say, the feedback they give you, you handed them the remote control. So, so it's about taking that back so that we can engineer our own focus, confidence and motivation. That's very, very interesting. And you're so right. An awful lot of the time we do put these things into kind of other people or other entities. And that's very, very interesting. Finally, Simon, because I know you're extremely busy. I don't want to keep you too much longer. But I find that people who are successful at living a great life have a very specific morning routine. What is your morning routine? Um, so I don't set the alarm vastly early. I tend to be a 6.30 riser. Um, I take the dog out for a walk um, for 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, come back in, usually do some uh, some stretching, some exercise, uh, have some breakfast, uh, make a cup of tea, and then I will start my day. Uh, and one thing I, I tend to do within my day is I like to plan it the night before so that when I come in, I've got a really clear focus as to what I'm going to do. I don't like picking up from scratch on a morning and thinking, what am I doing today? Mm. Um, I, I like to kind of have my head in the right space so that when I come in, I can I can be productive from minute one. And that usually sets the tone for the day. That sets me off on a good path. Fantastic. Uh, Simon, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for taking the time to chat and giving us much needed Monday motivation today. You're very welcome. Have a super day. You too. Thanks a million. Simon Hartley there. Beworldclass.com, by the way. That is his website. Uh, You can find out more about his books and everything else that he has. Lots of tips and information on there. He is going to be giving this World Class Mindset uh, webinar. It's hosting, uh, hosted by Dundalk Chamber. It's going to be on the 31st of March via Zoom. Now, you need to register for this, okay? So contact Brenda in Dundalk Chamber. You can email her, brenda at dundalk.ie, or you can give her a call. She's on 042 933 6343. And if you check out dundalk.ie as well, you'll find all the details. There's a link there to the event. Um, so it's happening 31st of March. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. 
Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.